Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. All right. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, which many of you in person, I know. Uh, but if you're watching online, my name is Brian Matthew. Uh, I'm children and families pastor here at Crossroads Church. And uh, if you don't recognize me, I'm usually next to a puppet. So if you recognize the puppet, he's actually double booked today, so he couldn't make it on stage with me. Um, he's just getting so popular. But uh, I'm here, and uh, instead of the puppet, I just wanted to kind of introduce you to um, a few members of my family. So I'm father of three. I have a beautiful wife. I oh, know, it's great. Uh, but this morning, you know, my wife was texting me because I get here early to prepare, and she's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm a little, a little nervous, but like the good kind of nervous, you know, I want to, excited to deliver the message this morning, and she sends me this picture. Oh, I know. And that, that was uh, my kids this morning. Um, so the one on the far left, that's our oldest, uh, Emery. She's five and a half. Marlo is six weeks old, which I don't know where those six weeks went. Uh, you would think not sleeping would make it seem like it's going slower, but no, it's flown by. Uh, and then Nora is, uh, we call her our sweet and spicy. She is so full of fun and love, but she's also got a little bit of spice, a lot of bit of spice, <clears throat> but it's okay. Um, so, and it actually, it was a perfect picture uh, for me to look at this morning because every time I get on stage, I don't come up here very often, uh, but every time I do... You know, I, I get this kind of like nervous energy and, and I start thinking and, and Steve is like, hey, can you just, you know, continue this message of hope? Uh, and so I'm thinking about what I want to talk about. And, and for me, I just think about my three little kids and, and if this is my last time on stage, what do I want them to know? Wow, that wasn't rehearsed. <clears throat> I got to change the picture because, you know, they're just too cute. Um, anyways, uh, what do I want them to know? And it, it's, it truly is this message of hope. Because they can have all the head knowledge in the world. They can have read the Bible. But it's this hope. This hope that, uh, like I said, the message, their title of my message today is a hope that motivates us. It's hope that motivates us to do something, right? And for example, if, I, if I'm saying, hey, I hope I win the lottery, I have to do something. I have to go buy a lottery ticket if I want to win the lottery, right? So uh, it's this idea of hope that um, forces us to take action. Um, and so there's three... Three things that, well, there's buzzing. Uh, three things that, for my kids, I hope that um, they know where my hope is laid. And uh, number one is a hope in the promises of the Bible. I've heard it said, uh, so these are not my words. Someone else told me, who seems a lot smarter than me, uh, if you fact check it and it's not true, uh, just quote it as like anonymous, don't quote me. Um, I've heard the Bible has over 32,000 promises in it, and not one of them have ever been false or proven to be false. Um, so my hope is in the promises of the Bible, right? And that leads me to an action of wanting to dive in more, to read my Bible, to, to explore, to, to learn more about those 32,000 plus promises in the Bible. I want to grasp those because those are God's promises over me and over you, right? And over my kids. The second one is hope in Jesus as my savior. Man, I, the end of my life, I'm going to find out, but Right now, what I hope is that Jesus is my Lord and Savior and that nothing else matters, right? That's, that's my goal. That's what I want them to know about me. Uh, and that leads me to a greater, the action of greater desire to pursue him, to gr grow in my relationship with him. And the third one, thing that I hope my kids know is that I have a hope for an eternity in heaven, right? Uh, 
obviously I'm excited about my relationship with Jesus, but that hope and eternity in heaven hopefully pushes me to an action of inviting everyone I know, every conversation, every thought, every action to push everyone I know to an eternity with heaven with me. So um, those are kind of the things that uh, you know, I've, I've kind of wrestled with, and those are like the basics, the fundamentals of where my hope lies. And, and uh, as the children's pastor, I've um, hopefully instilled some of those into some of your kids. Um, some of your kids are older than me, which is kind of weird. Uh, but some of you in this room and at home, you have kids that I've been had the opportunity to speak into. Um, and I love that, and I hope that your kids are learning that from me as well. But, um, but there's a piece missing that I've been talking with Steve about. Um, and I'm going to share a testimony to kind of lead into that. Um, about 10 years ago, uh, I went on a mission trip to Ghana, which is in Western Africa. And we went for about six weeks, uh, you know, wanting to go. And we were in some orphanages and hospitals praying. We were in schools. Um, and ultimately, we just wanted to share the gospel. So one day, I remember uh, pretty vividly, uh, we were handing out tracts. <clears throat> So tracks, if you don't know, are just kind of like a small little pamphlet, like brief description of what the gospel is. Uh, it kind of takes the pressure off of me to say, hey, here's the gospel in like two pages. Go ahead and read it. And then, you know, you can explore God yourself. So it's pretty, pretty safe. Uh, I felt pretty good about it. Um, but Ghana is uh, a culture that's very like patriarchy. Like the, the females on our team were actually instructed not to look males in the eye unless they were specifically addressed, um, and just those kinds of dynamics. Um, so I remember one day we were going out to hand out these tracks to tell people about Jesus, and I was like, I love telling people about Jesus. This is going to be so easy, especially if I have these little tracks. Uh, so we go out, and it's just me, uh, two of my female team members, and a translator, and we go out, and we're walking around, and I remember meeting the first person, and it was like a younger uh, younger guy, and I was talking, and, and the translator was translating, and it was great. Handed to him, and it's like, have a great, have a blessed day. It's awesome. So I was feeling super on, on the clouds. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is God's work. That was great. I'm going to keep going. And then I remember walking down the path, and I still remember it to this day. Uh, we're walking, and I see this group of elders, like males, that are in charge of this village. And immediately, my stomach is in knots. And my prayer was, God, please don't let them see us. Uh, because I was with two white girls, and I'm Asian. We stuck out like a sore thumb. And I, for the life of me, did not want to go talk to them. And, you know, was almost fearful for my life. I'd heard these, like, horror stories. Like, if you go out, you know, this, this uh, where we were, we were in northern Ghana, was like 97% Muslim, 3% Christian. And, and Christianity wasn't really accepted. So uh, there's that. And so, you know, I was walking, and I was like, all right, God, you are God. You can protect us. Let's help them not see us. And let's walk to skate on right and by. Um, it's not what God had planned. Uh, so all of a sudden, these elder men started yelling. <laughs> That's fun when you're already scared. Uh, so they start yelling at us, and, uh, and I freeze. And the translator says, uh, they want to talk to you. <laughs> they want to talk. Okay, God, now I need your protection a lot more. Um, so we walk over there. Uh, 
and then they start saying some stuff, and you know the girls are uh, in our team. You know, we're being super respectful, doing everything they could to promote the gospel by following the the rules of the culture. So they, you know, they kind of step back and uh, let me take uh, take point. And um, so this, the, it looks like this, the male leader, like he's the the alpha male. He starts talking and looking at me in the eyes and talking, and then uh, the translator says. Well, he wants to hear what you have to say. <laughs> uh, and to this day, it was like this out-of-body experience where uh, I can see myself talking. I have no idea what the words were. My mouth was moving. Words were coming out. Uh, and then like, I can see the translator translating. I had no idea what he's saying because he's speaking Ghanaian, and I don't know how to speak that language either. And so it's, we're both talking at the same time. I don't know if this is good news, bad news. I'm just being obedient and saying, okay, my mouth was open. It, words were coming out. <clears throat> And then I stop talking. The translator keeps going for a little bit, stops. And there's a pause. And I'm like, oh, great. Here it comes. Uh, and then the, the elder guy like, starts talking to some of his uh, fellow males in the group. And then he looks at me and says something in Ghanaian, which I don't understand. So the translator said, uh, repeats it back to me and says, um, he says he loves your message of hope. But he is, this is translator talking, he said, but he says he's identifying himself as too old and too set in his ways, but he wants you to come back tomorrow and take his kids to church with you. Uh, so, yes, uh, uh, first of all, that's awesome news. Second of all, you mean this conversation's done? I can head out and I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, uh, sure. So we did, we headed out and we came back the next day and we walked to the village and it's like ghost town. And then the male elder walks out and, and he makes eye contact and yells one thing and like a flock, these kids come running in and I was super excited. I was like, yes, this is awesome. So we take them to church and you know, shortly after we, we come back to the States and um, that would have been an amazing testimony by itself. But a year later, uh, Amanda goes on the same exact mission trip to the same exact village. Uh, my wife, Amanda, I, didn't, and I have a beautiful bride. She was not in that picture but she is beautiful, obviously, because the kids are beautiful, and you've seen me, so obviously they have to get that from somewhere. Uh, my wife's name is Amanda. Sorry, babe. Um, but she went on the mission trip the year after me uh, and went to the same exact village, and so she comes back from the mission trip. She's showing me pictures from her mission trip, and I stop, and I'm like, wait, those kids? And she's like, yeah, they're from a village next door. They said you guys invited them. They've been going to church every week for the year that we had been gone, and it was super exciting. And that was like an, an awesome, like, heartwarming thing. And you'd think that'd be a great testimony, but, uh, you know, I still have a little piece of regret from that. And that piece of regret is I counted it good enough that I, I reached the kids when that male adult said, hey, I believe in you, I like the message of your hope, but I'm too set in my ways. And I feel like I missed an opportunity for that guy to have a, a life-changing experience like I've had, right? Uh, and that's why this message, I love talking to kids, but specifically, this message is for each one of you um, because I don't want to go another 10 years and say I missed an opportunity to share what I believe and to hopefully know that you find hope in Jesus, in Jesus alone. Um, and, you know, for me, it's like, I don't like this idea of general like Christianity where it's something that we can walk towards when we need it, but we can choose when to walk away from it. Like that's, 
it kind of misses the, the, the bigger picture of what being a Christ follower is for me. What I truly believe is that God cares about me and that God cares about you. Like, I'm looking at you right now, John. I don't really know a John, but if I got your name right and, and you wanted to hear that message, that'd be awesome. Um, but, you know, each one of you in this room and, and on watching online, that God cares about you. And, you know, as the Bible describes him as like a heavenly father, as a father of three, I know that if my kids ever wandered, you know, I'm running after them, especially if they're in danger. And if we're in a dangerous situation, I'm not even more than three inches away from them, ready to scoop them up in case something happens, right? And so the, when the Bible describes God as your heavenly father, that's the picture that I kind of picture. Like, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are, God's there and ready to scoop you up because he knows where you are and he cares about you, right? So uh, we're going to get into it. I know, a long introduction for my first point. We didn't even get the point. We have three points today, nice and simple. I'm not this long, elaborate person, but hopefully uh, you'll take value in it. Um, so last week I'm going to kind of cover, um, Steve talked about uh, the kind of person you're becoming. And that was an amazing message. If you haven't heard it, you can pause this and go back and watch it and then rewatch this. That's the beauty of watching it online. Um, but if you haven't heard it, you know, he talked about the person we're becoming kind of uh, foresight into and how we're pursuing God. And that's amazing. But I almost want to contradict that just for a minute and say, we oftentimes put our faith in the future, like oh, down the road, I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'll get there. I want to be discipled. I want to do all this stuff. That's great. But if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have everything you need. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's, there's nothing greater. And so I, I want you guys to take advantage of the opportunity that you know the, the, the creator of our universe, that he knows you by name, that he sent his son to die for you. And if you accept him as your Lord and Savior, he sends his Holy Spirit to empower you, to fill you, to to everything. There's nothing that's lacking in you. Right? So um, that kind of, leads me to a conversation I had with uh, someone in this church, one of my good friends, um, and he brought up a point, and it might be an unpopular opinion, uh, but he said, we're living in the best possible moment in history. And you know, that, especially knowing what's going on in the world, in society, you're like, hold on, that, that's not possible. Like, I would ra- much rather have lived any other time in history, but, and he goes on and uh, explains himself, and now I'm on board too. Um, he says, we have the opportunity to know the creator of the universe. We have the opportunity to know that he is our Lord and Savior, that he can save you from literally anything. We have an opportunity to share that with anybody in the world. And even though Christianity is kind of being rejected right now, that just means more opportunities for us to share our hope in Jesus. Right? And I was like, huh. That's a great point. It's, I mean, for me, I'm like, okay, let's just get out of this crazy time and back into like normal. He's like, no, this is the best possible moment to be alive because we have, we have a savior. We have the Holy Spirit empowering us and we have a heavenly father that loves us, right? <clears throat> so, uh, you know, knowing that, and I was like, okay, how am I going to shift this? Because you can hear that and you're like, oh, that's, a, that's an amazing message. Yes, Brian, absolutely. I believe that 100%, which you don't have to, but if you do, you know, my first point, um, it, opportunity doesn't guarantee outcome. Just because we have the opportunity that this is the best moment in history, it doesn't guarantee that 
our results at the end of our life are going to be what we're expecting. Right? It, it, oh, this is where I hope that hope needs to take over and motivate us to follow him, to pursue him. Not just, oh, I know who he is, I'm going to learn about him, and I'm going to continue to live my life. Right? Like our choices and our actions impact us for better or worse. Like we have the opportunity right now. We have the opportunity, the option to say, I hope for God's word to be true. And we live our lives that way. We pursue him. We draw closer to him. And that's awesome. It pushes us to action. It motivates us. But on the flip side, it can motivate us in the wrong ways. We can say, and there might be some of us out there, I hope that God's word isn't true because I like my lifestyle. And sometimes when I look in the mirror, if God's word is true, I don't like what I see. So I hope that God's word isn't true. And when that pushes us to the action of, of trying to make excuses, trying to, uh, kind of like I did in the Ghanaian village, like skirt around what God's actually calling us to do. Right? It, whatever it is, hope motivates us. Uh, but we're hoping that it goes uh, to the positive. We're hoping that you put your hope in Jesus where you're motivated to do something positive. Um, so we're actually going to open our Bibles because this is church. Uh, hopefully you have your Bibles. And Steve's been talking about paper Bibles. So I have my paper Bible with me. Uh, I'm cheating because I bookmarked it. <laughs> but we're in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. So I'm going to give you some time to flip there. Um, and uh, while you're flipping there, I'm going to let you know, since you're already halfway there, that I will have them on the screen because that's a cheating way, but I wanted you to start flipping there first um, if you had your Bibles. But Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, and it goes along with this point. My second point is easy is not always better. Right? And that's con- contrary to a lot of what we hear, like, especially as a millennial. I'm sorry. If there's millennials watching, we're a terrible generation of wanting to find the easiest way. Right? I've seen fundraisers because they don't want to work hard. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, so if there's any millennials that you know it, and if you're any other generation, you know I'm telling the truth too because millennials, they can get lazy. But So easy is not always better. Uh, so we're going to read this one in Matthew seven thirteen and 14. Um, and it says, Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's not an easy one to read. And you know what's not easier is, is coming on stage and talking about the consequences of not following the narrow path. Uh, it's not an easy one to read because we, we like to think, and in our culture, I've heard it a lot, like everyone's going to find their own way. But for me, I have not found that in the Bible to be true. Right? Um, what I've seen, everything I've seen, is that if we're not holding tight to the faith, the, our hope that we affirm in Jesus alone, then we're going down the wide, the easy path that leads to destruction. So I'm hoping, I encur- I'm encouraging you that easy is not always better. Oh, did I click that? Sorry, I didn't mean to click that. Um, that's my next point. <laughs> Don't jump ahead. I only have three points. That's my last one. 
I know. Um, but yeah, in the Bible, uh, you know, John fourteen six, uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's pretty blatant, but sometimes we, we try and make excuses. We're like, okay, I want to live my life the way I want to live it. And at the end of my life, like maybe I'll swerve back and, and find Jesus. Like, oh man, we're missing the point. Is our hope really in Jesus? Because if it is, our hope should motivate us to pursue that narrow path, to pursue a relationship with him, to cling on to him like he's the only thing that matters because he is. So now we can go to the next one. My last point. I told you it's nice and simple, right? <clears throat> Another reason why I think we're not as motivated by our hope is that we have a skewed view of who God is. Um, and the reason why I say this is because I, you know, of reading the Bible, there's these really profound leaders that I've, I've read about. Uh, and you've probably heard of some of them too. And this is their experience. When they encounter God, um, this is their experience and this is their reaction. It says that when Moses encountered God at the Mount of Sinai, he started to shake uncontrollably. He was terrified. That's Moses. Huh? Come on, I'm not, nothing like Moses. Isaiah, it says that Isaiah was terrified and said he was going to die because he just encountered the presence of God. John, the beloved apostle, he says, he described God with a face like the sun, tongue like a sword. Then that he describes it like he fell over like a dead man. And Job, all great guys. Job, one of the most righteous men. I mean, his faith, his perseverance through his trials is more than I can ever fathom. Right? And even him, so his actions are way beyond what my life has portrayed. Even him, he says, my ears have heard of you. But now that my eyes have seen you, I hate myself. In contrast to seeing God, even Job, who I would say would have like the perfect faith because he's persevered through so much. Even he says, compared to his experience with God, his own life did not, was nothing. He hates it, right? You know, and I find that oftentimes we like to water down God to make it more palatable, to make him uh, more accessible, and, and honestly, to make it easier to walk away from. Because when we don't view God as how he's described by those biblical men, if we just see him, oh, he's like a, uh, you know, an all-powerful entity, but, you know, he's kind of in heaven, I'm here, I'm living my life, I'll find him eventually. Like, it makes it easy for us to justify when we're walking down that wide, easy path that leads to destruction. It makes it easy to ignore him. But when we realize and acknowledge that we have a, viewed, a skewed view of who God is, and we acknowledge that he is the creator of the universe, the creator of each one of us, in control of everything, knows everything, is everywhere, if we understand that, it grips us in a way that's a lot different than saying, oh, I know about God. He's like this being that, you know, he's, he's up there somewhere. And the thing is, we're all going to have to stand and face him someday. And this is why I bring it up. It's not like I want to scare people and be like, oh, I have to, I'm scared into believing in God. No, if you don't know who he is, read the Bible. His, his message in the whole Bible 
is one of love and grace and compassion and mercy, and it's beautiful. But he's also a righteous and just God, and we're all going to have to face judgment in front of him one day. And it's not like we're going to be able to have a casual conversation with him saying like, oh, hey, God, how's it going? Like, how are you doing today? Oh, yeah, I've been doing some pretty good stuff, so, you know, I'm pretty good today. Like, no. If the response of the biblical men in the Bible was most of them fell over, wanted to die, hated themselves, like when we get in front of God, what's that going to be like? And sometimes we don't want to address that because we're, we're scared of what that might be because we, we, we're harnessing things. But I want to tell you right now that God knows all of that stuff. And he loves you. Not in spite of it, because of it. Like he knows that exactly who you are and accepts you and loves you and cares about you and is running after you. And I feel like I would do a disservice like I did to that Ghanaian gentleman 10 years ago if I didn't tell you there's at least a bit of urgency, right? The Bible keeps telling us, and this is why we're talking about this Hope in the End Times uh, series. The Bible tells us that the time is coming, that we're running out of hours, right? So we're going to flip to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. (laughs) I'm already there, are you? (laughs) That's great. Uh, Again, yeah, I know you're flipping already. Great. I'll have it on the screen for you. But Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 and 25, it kind of sums up everything that I wanted to talk about today. And I know usually pastors kind of lead with their, their key scripture at the very beginning, but I wanted to just have a conversation with you guys and, and share what's on my heart. And then now we can read scripture and say, okay, Brian's not too crazy. Like this is actually scriptural. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25 it says, let us hold fast the, the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another. Or in another translation, it says, to motivate one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Man, that's every. I mean... I'll be completely honest. I had three other verses that said bits and pieces of this. And I had, that's one of the reasons why this passage is at the very end of my message. Because I had three different verses that I was going to talk about, and there's many more. But then I, I was reading, and I found this one after my message was written. And I was like, okay, God, <laughs> thank you. First of all, to make my slides easier, because it's all in one slide. Uh, but second of all, for just confirming Right, sometimes you get nervous when you come up and talk. But everything, all my hope is in God. And if we're going to try and pick and choose and you know, work our way around God, we, I mean, everyone can fa- find false teachers that are going to teach us what we want to hear. It's going to make it easier for us. Right? Uh, and Derek, you can come, come out. But if we say we're going to take the whole Bible... And we're going to hold it to be true. Because to this date, I have not heard one person that can disprove anything in the Bible. If we're going to hold it to be true, then we should take everything. We can't just pick and choose and say, all right, I want this piece and this piece, but I want to reject, you know, where it talks about, hey, the day is drawing near. When it talks about seeing God's going to make me hate myself. And when it talks about, uh, you know, their fear of God, 
I don't want that stuff. I just want the good stuff. When it talks about the way uh, to destruction is wide and easy, like, oh, no way. Uh, let's skip over that part. Right, let's, let's focus on the good stuff. No. Today's message isn't about the bad stuff, but it's the bad stuff that shows us, in contrast, how good he is. Right? How much he wants a relationship and it's kind of that, that bad stuff that he's costing us with, like a loving father, to say, hey, I love you too much for you to go down that path. And do you know that the God of the universe, the heavenly father, loves you? I mean, it's written all throughout the Bible. The 32,000 promises that I talked about weren't just for me. I know I like to think about them like, oh, yeah, those are just for Brian. Like, no one else can claim those. No, they're... Uh, it, God's word is living and true and sharper than any two-edged sword. So I challenge you to read and find, find those promises and hold them true to yourself. Right. So I guess my last question is, do you have hope in knowing that the day of his return is drawing near? Is that a hopeful phrase? Or is it one that you're fearful of? I don't want you to miss the opportunity to know that God loves you and wants a relationship with you and wants an eternity with you. But it says it pretty clear that day is drawing near. So we can either choose to hope that it's true and it motivates us to pursue a closer relationship with him or we're, we're still stuck in the boat of hoping it's not true and wanting to live our own lives and skirting around it and justifying our lifestyle. So... Uh, we're going to close uh, with like what we've always closed, just a time where um, you guys can come up to the microphone and, and encourage one another because this message of hope should motivate us. And uh, like the scripture is saying, like, we're going to be motivating one another in love. Right? So if you have anything that you want to share, the microphone's going to be open. Derek's going to kind of lead us into that time. Uh, but I'm just going to close this in prayer and then he'll kind of take over because I don't really know how to transition that. So I'm going to pray and then he can take over. Heavenly Father, Holy Father, God, I thank you for your message of hope. God, I thank you that you see every single person in this room and watching online, even in the comforts of their own home, that you are there with them. Even if they don't believe in you, that you are still there with them even if they have rejected you for their whole Lord, I know that you still care about them and you still love them. I pray that they would not, no longer waste time and reject your promises, that they would hear your word and hear your calling, that you are chasing after them, that you're ready to scoop them up like the heavenly, the good heavenly father you are. So I pray for opportunities just to experience you. Pray for those hearts that may be, be turning to hear from you even now. Lord, thank you for this time gathering together uh, with fellow believers just to encourage one another. Lord, I just pray over this body that you would continue to bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.